all things in the name of love. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. With your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music performed and written by Megan Moreau. Episode 65 Resources for Awakening with Lisa Gunshore. Today, I have the honor and the pleasure of speaking with Lisa Gunshore, who is, among many things, the founder of the Broadcasting System Buddhist Biohacker. And we connected. This is the first time we've actually talked, but our energies were like, yeah, you got to do this. And I wanted to bring you on because I just love the work you're doing in the world. And I wanted to start asking you, like, the first question that's coming through is, what brought you here? Like, what brought you to the space where you're having this amazing light network that you're creating, co-creating? Mm. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it is an honor to be here also and to be able to be given a platform to share my story. It's a funny thing when you're on live every single day and, and yet you're not sharing your story. And so this is actually quite a gift to share this. So thank you for giving me the space to be able to do that. So what brought me here is really a huge question, isn't it? I think the simple answer is that at the beginning of this global event, I was told by my collective team that I channel, they're called the Collective of the Golden Ankh. And really the message I got was, you must create a resource of light. And that was really it. And what's interesting is I've been working as a healer and a spiritual counselor, light worker. I'm a multi-generational psychic medium and channel. I've been doing that since 2006. So I've been doing that for 15 years. And so it was quite a journey to get to here. It was 15 years of intense physical, emotional, spiritual work. Followed His Holiness the Dalai Lama around for seven years and attended teachings and worked as a volunteer for the Kala Chakra for World Peace and helped coordinate His Holiness coming to Boulder, Colorado in 2016. So a lot of that work created space for me to do more work on myself. And I use the word work because it is work, but it's also just the journey, you know, it's the journey and the experiences. And so I'd already had some radio shows in the past. I'd already done some of those things. I'm a public speaker, do a lot of live medium events back when we actually had group events, which who knows when that will happen again. And so really that's what brought me here. What brought me here was I have really been a resourceful light worker in that I do a lot of research to understand the science of what I'm experiencing. I've reached out for healers for myself and incredibly talented people. I've also read many talented people. And so when the collective said, create a resource of light, it was almost a no brainer for me because I thought, well, 
I'm going to get all the resources together, all these people that I've trusted, all these people I've worked with in one way or another, and I'm going to get them in front of everyone that needs those resources because we're in a global ascension and there are many people just waking up or going to a different space in their awakening and you just simply need the support. You cannot be alone. And I spent some of those times alone and some of those times with support. I had my near-death experience alone. I went through a lot of my health journeys alone and yet I had incredible talented healers that I worked with as well and and support systems that were there for me when I needed it. And so I really don't want anybody to be alone in this. And I want to make sure that everyone has all the tools available because being a researcher, I mean that's truly a big part of who I am. I have all these books behind me of that I've read and, and different modalities. And I think it's important to look at that, to look at all the different religions, all the different modalities of healing, all the different ways you can communicate with, with the other side, which doesn't even exist anymore. It's like all one now. <laughs> and so that was really what happened with Buddhist Biohacker. It was really, I want to inform the community And what ended up happening organically was this beautiful community was created. I don't know that I went into it trying to create a community. It just sort of happened in this really beautiful, profound way and is happening. I mean, it's still expanding in this really beautiful way. And we have all these great teachers and tools at our fingertips. And so that was really how I got here. It was really trusting the message that I received and I knew how to do it. It's like, I just knew technically and through everything I've already done in my life, I just knew that this was how to do it. Now that's a fascinating thing of like, because when I was in school, my first semester of grad school, I, or second semester, I did this audio, audio documentary. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> And and it's led me down this path and I was like, okay, I'm really good at interviewing. What's what's going on? And then when my team said, you're doing a podcast two and a half years ago, I was like, podcast, I'm not going to do a podcast. Why would I do that? So I'd like record these really great philosophical things and sent them to my friend Angela. And then a year and a half ago, they're like, no, we meant it. I was like, okay, I'll be doing that now. <laughs> and what happened two months ago was I had somebody that was really low vibrating and it was so bad. I had to delete the, the audio. And then my team came in the next day and they're like, so guess what? You're going to have criteria now. I was like, what do you mean? Like they have to be spiritual and they have to go deep. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I can deal with that. <laughs> like, I don't know if it wasn't true. I was expecting because it was like right now it's needed. You have to like help people realize that they're not alone. You have to help them realize there are resources. And I've always, like the since the inception, I've been talking to people about their spiritual journeys as a way to help other people relate. And if they have gifts that they offer, to connect them at the end of the podcast with you know, how, how do people find you? Because right now, especially, I mean, last year it was just like, this is a cool thing to do. I want people to wake up. This year, it's like, no, we really need to have all these resources available because there's so much going on. And I'm a former news junkie. So it's fascinating to me that like all this stuff is going on outside. I feel it. I have no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. because it doesn't resonate. Yep. I totally follow that. And it's hard for me because I don't 
connect with like television or news and, and actually really haven't as an adult. I mean, ironically, as an adult, there are very few times I've even owned a television. And like right now, it's simply because I have a husband who has a television. And it's not that we don't watch a movie or a documentary. I mean, it's not that. Like I have my little things I like every now and then, but I think you understand because you're probably in that same space. And a lot of people listening are probably in this space, which is you just, the energy of that is not aligned with the path of ascension. And so taking that energy in, just like you're saying, you don't know what's going on. It's like, I leave my house right now and I go to a grocery store and it's like, what is going on here? Like, what is everybody doing? What's happening? Because we're just living a completely different reality from you know, there's a split reality happening right now. It's really strange. I, and, and I, I have people I love in my life and the hardest thing for me is because of my, I actually did a post a couple of weeks ago where I was feeling a parallel with Germany in the 1930s, except mm. on a more heavy level. And the the point that really got to me was how compassion the 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 masks for me are this really weird combination of compassion and fear, mm-hmm. and that it just feels so icky. Like I'll do it because I still want to get my fresh berries. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I haven't found a place that I can't get fresh berries without wearing a mask. But it feels like. <laughs> And, and, and it's so emotionally charged because it's based in fear. And I'm like, I'm not scared. My oxygen level is 99% and it still scares people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, did you really? And I'm not judging anyone because I'm not coming from a place of judgment. I'm coming from a place of curiosity. It's like, why do you not see how much you've been manipulated? Because are you really that scared? Yeah. And I think it's, it's, about, it's about education and information. And I think if, if you choose to be educated or to get information from one source, that's not the highest light decision. Mm-hmm. The highest light decision is to gather information from multiple sources and use critical thinking and make a decision. And so that's the danger of what's happening right now is there there's a lot of science and a lot of information and functional and integrative medicine that we must interact with our environment in order to support our immune system and the more we isolate from that environment the more difficult it becomes and so you're right in that it's very peculiar because it's like compassion is like trying to take care of each other and at the same time, there's this fear energy. And I think that that energy is not even fear at this point. I feel like it's knowing that you are not in alignment with your higher self. I think when, you, when you're out and about that we look at each other with these face coverings and think, is this what we should be doing? I think there's a lot of folks questioning what's right and what's wrong and what do you believe, right? Because there's good arguments on both sides. So it's like, well, what's right and what's wrong? And so I think the important thing is to do what feels right to you. But if it doesn't feel right to you, to ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. To ask yourself why and to look at that and to understand where your belief system's coming from and to get more information. The more education does make you wiser. 
you know, and it's important to do that research and to look at all sides. It's not about looking at one side or the other. And I think that's tricky because the whole process of unification is this idea that we're all one. And my concern is what I see is this polarized energy of I'm right and I'm right. And there's a battle going on between both sides. And it's not about either being right. It's about unifying and rising above that polarized energy and saying, let's all agree that we're living for our highest good and whatever decision we make is for our highest good. And I'm going to accept your decision and you're going to accept my decision. And that's what's not happening. And and that's what needs to happen in order to push this ascension forward, in in my opinion. I I agree because it really isn't about and us versus them. A recent example is my mom and I went <clears throat> shopping and mom and I don't have the healthiest energy connection. <clears throat> and I was saying, look, I am really actively trying and, and am seeing from the fifth dimensional perspective of, of this unification. And when you judge someone else, you're judging yourself. So what within you are you judging? She said, I'm really happy with my third dimension. Yep. Like, okay, I have to, I have to unattach now because I can't, I can't change her. She doesn't want to change. Mm-hmm. And I have to honor her decision, even if it doesn't feel good to me, because it's not about me. I have to feel good in me. She can feel good or not good, however she wants to be. And that's, that's particularly interesting to navigate with a family member, because we're on different levels of awareness and ascension that, that require that, that real compassion and that awareness that She's right in her space. I'm right in my space and that's okay. I don't have to yep. change her. Yep. Well, and that's the, the key. So I was listening to this other podcast that was so good with this Akashic Records reader and he said something that really, really resonated with me. This is not a global awakening. This is still an individual awakening. And I think, wow, that's potent information and true because each person is awakening out of their own choices and in their own way and in their own levels of awakening, right? Because there's multiple levels of awakening. In fact, I just finished making a documentary about awakenings. And one of the things that we talk about in this documentary is there are many awakenings. There's not just one. There might be one big one or a few big ones, but there's multiple, multiple awakenings. And so we do, especially with our family and It's interesting because the collective talked about it in their transmission for this month of July, which is there is a grief happening right now because we are splitting apart from family, friends, relationships, work, all these things that are no longer serving us. And at the same time, there's a celebratory joy because we're coming together with our star families and our lightworking communities and all of us are like, oh my God, it's like a huge party. You know, like that's how Buddhist biohacker feels. It's like, oh, this person and that person and this person, and we all love each other and we have this great community and we're all connecting and, you know, conversing. And at the same time, we all have this collective grief because we're having to walk away. And it's not even just from relationships with our family, possibly. It's our relationship with the grocery store, our relationship. I went through this fascinating experience of going to the mall and I worked in fashion for 20 one years. And this is something to know about me. I worked in fashion and my spiritual work was the side gig. The fashion is what helped me cover getting to go see the Dalai Lama, right? Like that was what I did. And I was good at it because I am a creative merchant thinker, but 
primarily I was a leader and I was a really good leader because I'm a psychic. So I knew who to hire. I knew who to fire. I knew what kind of team to build. I knew how to motivate and empower and inspire and all those things because that's part of who I am. And so it was interesting because I left fully and, and I've been in and out. So, you know, I had my few years, I was full-time spiritual worker and then I'd go back and then a few years I'd be gone and I'd go back, you know, it's like this weird toxic relationship you keep going back to, but I've been out now for about five years. So I left completely about five years ago because I saw the collapse of the, the retail system. And I saw I was closing stores right and left. And every company I went to, I'd close stores and get laid off. I mean, it was just this constant cycle and it was exhausting and draining to my energy field. So that's all to give you context of the story, which is I went to the mall this weekend. We took the kids. They really wanted to go. And I thought, let's go. Let's go and, and experiment with what this feels like. And so we went and it was an unbelievable experience in that it was quiet many, many stores were empty, like closed out, gone away. So I'm in a, in an area where we have this high profile mall and it was like, it was not at all what it was six months ago, Wow. let alone 10 years ago, let alone in the heyday 20 years ago in 2000, like it was like the heyday of the, the shopping mall. And so the point of this is we're just saying goodbye to that. Our, our, our life of like being a young adult and going to the mall and having a coffee with our family or our our sibling or a friend and just the the mundane every day. And I don't know if you miss that because I kind of miss that sometimes. Like I kind of miss the man, you know, remember when we just kind of hung out or we just ran an errand and it was kind of fun, you know, and and, and those times are gone. You know, it's like taking the red pill, right? Like once you do it, you can't go back, but, but this is on a global scale. So it's not just, I'm leaving this energy. And, and I did leave it five years ago, like completely. And I did have that experience, my individual self, where I would go to run an errand or to get something. And it would be like, gosh, this is like yucky energy or I'm not, you know, the consumerism and all these things. But now it's a collective shift. It's a collective nostalgia of I've now gone and had this experience and everybody's experiencing the same thing, which is this is like literally not going to be the way that we live anymore. It's completely different. And so it's not just our friends and our family. It's like everything is changing and moving out and, and it looks different. We can't, we'll never be the way that was. Simple example. Go ahead. I, I was swimming four miles a week in March. I haven't swum since March. Oh, wow. And I don't think I'm going to in that format again. And there's a part of me that really misses it. And I have a hike right next to my community garden Mm. that I am friends with now because I've been on it so many times. I talk to the plants and, you know, I see the changes like every single day, there's a change on the trail. And my soul loves it. It's like, I didn't really like swimming in a lap. I, I lap thing. Ugh, don't like laps. But, but there's a grief process because that was a really cool gym. It had a Pilates reformer machine that I didn't have to like spend 60 bucks every time I used it. I'm going to miss that part because I can't do it. Like they haven't opened the things I use. Yeah. And I don't think they will because Oregon's like, well, we don't know when you're not going to be wearing masks again. I'm like, oh, just yep. 
And I can't imagine exercising with a mask on because it's like none of that makes sense to me. So like that's just gone. And that's really sad because I really liked it. And so, and yet now I talk to my plants in my garden and I ask them permission to take something from them and they're thriving. Yeah. So like that's the trade-off is like I'm getting rid of something that no longer serves me in the way that I wanted it to. And I'm being given these opportunities to connect on a much deeper level with all that is if I choose to take it. Yep. So true. And I, and I have the awareness <laughs> and I, I really have a lot of compassion for people who are just like, what am I doing? Yeah. And there's a lot of, I want to get back to normal. And what I'm, what I'm feeling is that when you do go back to what may feel like, oh, I'm going to go back to normal is you're not going to like it because everything's changed so much. You know, it takes 30 days to build a behavior and we're 90 days into this. So those behaviors are long gone. Even if you want to go back to X, Y, Z, it's not going to look and feel the same to you, even if it's exactly the same because you've changed. Right. Your energy's changed, your routine's changed, your vibration's changed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have this, I'm totally, I'm taking full advantage of my garden. I was like, no, none of those other words work. So I'm taking full advantage of my garden. We have picnic tables. I have dinners with my friends there. We don't always social distance <laughs> <laughs> because it's the garden. And, you know, I'm just, trying to create create community where I can because my soul loves community. I love hugging. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that has been one of the hardest things for me is like seeing people and not being able to hug them. Yeah. Yeah. And so trying to navigate around that whenever I can when somebody feels safe enough to hug me. Unfortunately my energy is like I'm safe. So they yes. tend to want to hug me, which is really cool. But you know it's really if anything, is like the normal for me is like hanging out with friends more often mm-hmm. and, and recognizing that the things that any social engagement that isn't meaningful to me, I'm not doing anymore. Yeah. Well, and I think it's about looking at who's aligned with you and who's not. Because I can say my, my local community, we just absolutely have gone on as though nothing had ever changed. And so I think it's asking yourself, well, where do I have to make a change? And what does that relationship look like? I mean, that to me is, is important for everybody to look at, whether it's your work, a person, food, a restaurant, whatever it is, is saying like, if this doesn't feel right to me, or I can't be completely in, aligned with my truth, then that's something to look at to let go, which is tough. I mean, that's, that's a big part of what we're dealing with right now. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, like the the one restaurant that I've been able to eat at regularly was a local Indian restaurant, and the one meal I always ordered, bodies like you're done. Oh, yep. I have to cook everything. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few like that. We we've been lucky in Colorado. We have some really clean local restaurants that really support that clean natural environment because we're Colorado. And so those have been a go-to during this time, but because of, I have 22 food allergies, so there's very few places I can eat anyway. So I do most of the cooking myself. So I don't know that that's changed for me, but I will say we're pretty blessed in that I haven't really experienced a hardship with that yet. I'm sure that's going to come. I think what I miss is just, it's really a luxury. Like when you cook for yourself all the time and I have four step kids. And so I cook for a family of six half the time. And then half the time it's me and my husband. 
but the dishes and the cleaning and the cooking and all those things, I mean, they have their place, but I definitely miss that like Friday night date night where you can just go out and you don't have to think about any of that. So that I miss that, that kind of energy. And I'm hoping that'll come back at some point. But, um, in the meantime, we're, we're definitely, uh, cooking more than we were before. That's for sure. I'm finding that I'm only really wanting two meals a day. Yeah. Because my energy is just like, yeah, no, I just don't want to, I don't want to eat. Which yep. is fascinating. Like I, I subscribe to a CSA and I have my garden and I'm producing more food than I can eat in a week. Oh, wow. That's so good. That's such a blessing. And it's like, this is, this is so amazing. And so I had to like cut back on the CSA because I'm just not eating everything. And it's like, wow, this is so fascinating because they're not giving me that much stuff. Yeah. But it's more than I need. And it's like, wow, this is such a fascinating thing. Like I need my protein shake and some Simple Mills crackers every day because... Uh, why am I so addicted to you? <laughs> but, but, you know, really it's, it's, and it's just me right now. And my partner's in Maine for, I don't know how many months visiting family members. And so I, it's a really interesting space to be in just to actually explore the, okay, what is really aligned with me? Cause I have the luxury of only caring mostly for me. Mm-hmm. And I th- think that getting rid of deleting Facebook, which I love, has enabled me to open myself up to what do I really want to do? I just started a new painting this week using techniques that I'm learning because I'm giving myself that time to explore who that person is. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. Are you finding. Okay, I haven't had television since 1998, so I, I get the television. <laughs> but, but like, are you finding like any new habits or any new interest kick in with this shift in our consciousness? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, the, I think the podcast. You know, Buddhist biohacker. I, I filmed an entire documentary and produced it and edited it during this time. Wow. Uh, so th- this this global event has really just propelled me forward with a lot of, all of these creative projects were in my brain, but I hadn't actually stepped into them. And then with this, it was like, boom, like go, it's go time and don't look back. And so, yeah, I actually have been amazed at the production of content during this time. I've painted paintings. I'm writing two different books. Um, at one time I am finished this documentary just this last week, you know, just did the final production on it. Yeah. And, and then Buddhist biohacker was born. And so I went from, you know, I've been working from home for many years and I've been working with clients remotely since 2006. And so my work doing readings and soul retrievals and all those things that hasn't changed. It's actually the same as it's always been. It's the exact same. I might be a little busier now, but it's exact same. But now I am producing a show and creating content and really, really, really loved making the documentary. So I'm really looking at what I want to do with film. And 
it's funny because I didn't think of myself as a film producer until I was talking to my dad actually. And I said, man, I'm making this movie. Isn't that weird? And my dad was like, that's not weird at all. He goes, you used to take my movie camera and you directed your friends and you cut all these clips and you do all that. And I had completely forgotten. And it was like, oh my God, I did do all that and directed the junior high plays when I was in high school. So I do love it very much, but I really, really loved what I built for Awakened Grace. And so, so yeah, I have found this massive spike in creativity during this time and just really not holding anything back. Like if I have a message to do something from spirit, I just do it. There's no thought, no pause, no question, no, how am I going to do it? It's like, oh, I'm going to make a movie. Okay. And I just went and did it. It was like, it's crazy to think, but I filmed an entire movie about awakenings on Zoom through interviews, cut the whole thing, produced the whole thing, made a trailer, which is on YouTube, and we're That's releasing so awesome. it in August. That is so wow. awesome. Isn't it? I mean, it's really amazing. Like, I am so joyful about it because I'm like, God, I'm just so happy. I've, I have never worked so hard. I actually have these little notebooks. And this is the third one I filled up since wow. April 1st. Wow. I was talking to my niece, who is my communications manager for my business. And she and I both were like laughing. We both filled up like all these notebooks with notes and ideas and, and to-do lists and creative projects and all these things. And it's just been, it's been amazing. So yeah, I've seen a huge shift and I've seen it with the family too, having the kids at home. My husband's been working from home. He's a drummer outside of his aerospace engineering job. And so he's producing music and he has a recording studio. So he's been working on that. The kids have been really creative. So really a lot of incredible things have come from this time. It's like, there's no more time to mess around and we don't have the distractions to pull us away from what we're here to do. Yeah. I had a a song that was downloaded to me. I love, that's one of the ways my team communicates me. They give me, they'll give me like a phrase of a song and my, my musical recall will go back like before I was born. If I recognize the, the lyrics, mm-hmm. I have this massive database of lyrics in my head. And so one came in last week that was frogs boiling. I'm like, Oh wow. Frogs boiling, frogs boiling. Frog. What song is frogs boiling? What song? And I'm like, I'm trying to think. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, incubus, incubus. Mm-hmm. When was the last time I listened to Incubus? Well, the album came out in 2001. Okay, that's a long time ago. What's the song that has frogs boiling? So, and then I get warning and I'm like, warning? What's that song? And so I have to listen to it and it's what we're going through right now. Oh, wow. And I'm like, fuck, there is no more time. The time is now. And and my sweet little team... (laughs) Being the subtle ones where like, Erica, we know I like you, we know you like fuck it around. Just stop it. Yeah. I I've I love when I'm in full alignment. I love the sense of play and the sense of delight. And my academic brain is terrified of it. Mm-hmm. So I'll like this thing with my essential oils, I said, okay, you've given me stuff, I'm gonna do it. And things are shifting so fast because I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is what you mean. It's just like, forget all the things that you're scared of and just do it. Yeah, 
and in saying yes. I mean, you have to say yes. And, and that's what happened for me too. It was like, okay, you have to create a resource of light and you have to do it now. And so it was, I was like, okay, it's like, who do I know? How do I make this happen? What's the technology to do it? And here we are. Here we are. And in nine weeks, we have 1,300 subscribers and counting. And amazing, isn't it? And, but, but better than that is all of those subscribers are part of our community. Yeah. It's not just random people, it's right. all these incredible healers who are either looking for the resources or are creating them themselves. And here we are. And, and it's all about saying yes. You know, it's all about saying yes and accepting the invitation that spirit gives us. They're inviting us to step out of our three-dimensional reality and to ascend. And now is the time to do it. And there's so many resources, so many resources. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So many incredible, incredible awakened individuals on the planet to help in this process. And given that, this is so interesting. I love how this is coming in. Given that you don't have anything else to do. Ah! <laughs> like, really, guys? You always say that right. <laughs> we love the to-do do list. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> They usually come in with questions, but I haven't gotten that done before. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, there. So, and the cool thing is, is that with Buddhist Biohacker is people, because I I know you do social promotion on MeWe. I don't know if you do it anywhere else. Yeah, we do. We're still on Instagram for now. So, and then really we we earned our community page on YouTube. And so I'm really focusing all of my energy on that community page. So yes, there's multiple, you know, between the community page and Instagram and me, you're going to catch all the information, but I really want to create a one-stop shop for Buddhist biohacker in that space. But MeWe is great too, because we can have deeper discussions on our forum with the facilitators. And that's what I'm working on building too, is let's, join in with each other and share in a space that has privacy laws and is there to support us to have a, a, a higher level space to communicate in. So those are the three spots that I'm at right now. That's very cool. Yeah. And the message is like, the I want to watch everything you post. <laughs> Sadly, I don't. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. It's a lot of information. It's like, that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, you actually, do you sleep? Because I mean, there's there's so many interviews that you do during the during the course of the day, and they're all really amazing interviews. I I caught the one that you did with Magenta Pixie, who one of my friends recommended I watch a couple months ago. Why are you recommending this woman from England? I don't understand. And and she's so fascinating because of all the insight that she gives on the context of what's actually happening in the like on the higher planes. And it's kind of like, um, it's comforting. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not just me. And, and I think a lot of the resources that you provide are like, oh, it's not just me. Other people are feeling this too. And that's just such a gift because it does feel kind of wonky sometimes when I talk to people who aren't where I'm at and they're like, yeah, she's lost it again. 
<laughs> yeah, I get that with my family sometimes where they're like, oh, that's our crate. That's that's the crazy one of the family. But definitely recently I've had really great conversations with my parents, especially about all of this and what they believe and what they think and their own awakenings. And so, but yes, it's comforting. You know, I really love Magenta so very much. And really it was all profound and synchronistic how I even found her, what happened. And then even talking to her and having an interview is like, the universe just ripped open the whatever and and said, we're just going to make a clear path to this happening. And there's more to come. I'll be you know, we're working on talking again here very soon. And, and I think like you're saying, it, it's that realization that we're not alone. Yeah. And I think there has been this energy created to make us feel alone. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we are not. And the more that we are bringing community together, the more we are all understanding that we are actually all on the same bus and that maybe we're the majority and not the minority. So I think that's what we're going to see through this process, through everything that's happening with the planetary alignments, everything that's happening with the the reveals and, and all these different things. I mean, this time of awakening is actually about all of us awakening to the truth of who we are and knowing that we're not alone in that truth and that we can all come together and do our work and that we actually all want to live with compassion and nonviolence and, and be in a peaceful space. As you said, you took your vow to peace. And I think that's it. I mean, it's really about understanding and living in our truth that we are here really to be at one with one another and not to be against and separated. Yeah. And you, you brought this up. The nonviolence is you at, you had a one heart, one earth summit, which had an amazing array of people. And I know you're going to be doing it again. And I don't know how you do that. <laughs> but it's really amazing. And you took a stand of nonviolence. And I honor that so much because that's a brave place to come from. I know. And to make a public stand of this is what we stand for. I've seen a lot of what I'm, what people are standing against. And I'm like, well, what about, what are you for? Mm, I love that. And yeah, it really, um, so this is how this was birthed. I haven't actually talked about this publicly, but I feel like I want to share here. So I'm going to, I had a lucid dream about, I don't know, six weeks ago in which it was obvious that I was out of my body. It was obvious that I was in a different dimension. And I also felt strongly like I had to focus very intensely to be in that space. Like it was, it took a lot of energy to be in that space. And I saw this big wooden door and I pushed the door open and all this light came flooding in. And much like any other movie, you would see like the light flooded in. And then as it started to dissipate, I saw this man, this small man at the back of this room. And I immediately felt that I needed to drop to my knees and crawl to this man. There was no way I was walking to this man. I knew I needed to crawl. And so I'm like army crawling like towards this man. And it's a very small room. It was very simple. There was a bed. There was this little uh, lamp on a table and there was a small mirror on the wall and that was it. And I crawled and crawled and crawled until I got to the feet of this man in this lucid dream. And when I got to his feet, he looked down with his head. He kind of looked down, you know, came, came down to me and was smiling and it was Gandhi. And 
in this dream state, I'm lucid. And I thought, is this really Gandhi like here in front of me? Like, what am I supposed to do about that? Like, I'm already on the ground. Like I'm already, (laughs) and he put his thumb on my third eye and pushed me back. And I immediately slammed back into my body and I woke up. And it was really powerful. I mean, what an incredible, incredible gift and initiation. And I immediately searched Gandhi and saw the picture. And it was like a very, it was like, absolutely. That was who that was. Like I wasn't dreaming in my lucid dream. Like that was who that was. And so it was really powerful. And it sat with me for several days. And so I made a decision to do some research, watch some documentaries. I was like, what is Gandhi telling me? And really it hit me in the middle of watching some information about him on YouTube, actually a documentary. And it was obvious to me that the stand I needed to take was for nonviolence. And it was interesting because it came up synchronistically with a lot of folks sharing their opinions in a very aggressive way on social media. And this was also the same week I deleted my Facebook my Twitter, my LinkedIn, and chose to walk away. And so, so really it came from Gandhi. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, like that's where that came from is I felt very strongly that I needed to take a stand against violence and that what I wanted Buddhist biohacker to be is a place that is full of compassion and unification. And that really is in the 11th dimension, not the fifth, not the sixth, the 11th dimensional reality, which in in that reality, there is no polarization. And what's even more amazing about that is I've gotten so many incredible comments like yours about taking a stand against violence and standing for nonviolence. And there'll be a lot more coming from this, a lot more. I'm actually working on a book right now about ascension that's coming through just in this time that we're in. And a lot of it has to do with we're violent in our words. And so you have to ask yourself when you're writing a comment, whether it's on a, a, a blog or a social media post or a YouTube video or whatever, even a text message to a family member, you have to ask yourself, am I asking where this person is coming from, giving them space to share what they feel and asking for critical thinking? And am I willing to understand what that person believes, thinks, feels? Or am I just spouting words that are violent? Mm. Because that is what I'm seeing across the board are these violent, aggressive comments towards one side or another. And that, my friends, is not ascension. (laughs) Ascension is unconditional love, equal love for the wounded and the wounders. And I will say this again and again and again and again, because this is the message that I received through this journey that I've been on. And, you know, it's tricky when you get into the public eye and suddenly you're like, oh, I'm going to have the show, I'm going to be live. And that's like, ooh, well, there's a lot of responsibility to that. And I want to meet that responsibility. And that was part of this too, was let's meet it head on and say, listen, like, we're not going to stand for this. Right. And if you have those, those acts of violence towards yourself, by not standing in your own truth, by not 
owning your own gifts, if it's violence towards others by making judgmental or hateful comments, any form of violence, you will not be part of the community. You will be blocked, you will be reported, you will be removed, and you're not part of this light community. And I really stand by that. I, and I think that all of us in the community appreciate that very much. And so that's where that came from. I mean, that's actually what happened was his message to me through that lucid dream was ultimately like, this is something that we need to stand for. And it also goes hand in hand with the Dalai Lama, who speaks very much of compassion and nonviolence. And again, the, the idea of interdependent reality. And I'm sure you know this, Erica, when you get into that awakened state and you move through these different dimensional realities, you really do see that we are all in this together, that we are all wounded, that we are also all wounders, that we have all had our part in this puzzle. And now it's time to come out of it Mm -hmm. and work together and know that every single action that we take, every word that we say, everything that we do impacts every single sentient being on this planet, plants, the animals, the human race, every being. And once you see that, you really can't, you, it it just ends other actions and decisions you would make otherwise. Yeah, it it so does. Because I know, I know that I see the sentience of every animal I cross. I have a tree in my garden that I call grandmother Cedar because she is like, I see, I feel her energy. Like she's not different for, she's actually like a very wise being that wants to teach me what she knows because she sees that I see her. Mm -hmm. And when we shake down this lie that because we're in a human form, we somehow are on the top of some invisible pyramid and realize that every being on this planet has the interconnectivity that allows us all to be, it's such a deep, beautiful shift because then all of a sudden when you see a bee flying, you're like, wow, you're feeding me. Just by doing what you're doing, you don't even have an awareness of me as a, as a sentient, or you do on some level, but just, like, wow, wow, what can I do to honor you? Because you're giving me such a profound gift. And when we shift into that level of awareness, it's, you can't unshift it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything shifts. Like, like what kind of clothes do I buy now? How do I shop? Do I use plastic anymore? Well, I'll get a TerraCycle box if I have to, because I can't fathom causing harm to another because mm-hmm. it hurts me too much to harm another. And that has been one of the most beautiful gifts I've been given with my journey. And I have more joy because of it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And yeah, I remember my last trip to the grocery store where I was like, I, it was making me sick to my stomach to have them bag my groceries. And I was like, I can't anymore. And I, I told my husband, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like we have to just bring our own bag. And we had cloth bags and every once in a while I'd bring them. You know how that goes. Like mm-hmm. you try to do the right thing. And, and it's such a simple thing, but you're right. Like once you feel it, you cannot go back. It's like, okay, like I just, I feel it all now. And, and then there is no separation. So when you talk about like politics, religion, all these energies that are polarizing, 
you can't, it's, it's, it's very obvious to me that I cannot, there's, there's no negativity in my body towards it. There, there may be an insight, there may be energy of what, what is moving towards the light and what is not, Mm -hmm. but there's not a, it's like, I love them anyways. You know, it's like, I understand that they have a part to play in all of this Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's just another part. Like this is all just one big play and yeah. And and so you see like, oh, we're all trying, everybody's trying to do their thing with their little agendas and their little stuff. And you just kind of get in this place of, of true compassion where it's like, you know what, like that person had to do those things to have these people do these things to have this happen. And some of it's hard and ugly and, and, and icky. And it's still part of the human experience on the planet earth. And we came here to have that experiential time. Yeah. Yeah. And have compassion for, I used to be, polit- I actually ran for state Senate in 1998 and oh, wow. <laughs> the whole thing. But I saw the manipulations going behind the scenes back then. And I know it's been happening longer than that, but like it it just hit me as icky then. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna be in politics anymore. But I still followed it. And I stopped following it when I went to China in twenty I guess it was twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was right before the election we were in China. And they were broadcasting our president, our current president, and I just sensed that I didn't want to follow politics anymore because I knew it was just going to blow up. And since that time, I, re- I truly do not know what's going on because it doesn't matter to me. I don't know what's going on with the pharmaceutical industry. I, don't, I barely know what's going on in Oregon. I just see people walking around in masks all the time. So I'm kind of aware of that. But like, I just don't, nothing resonates that isn't that isn't on a higher level because it all feels like it it's fear-based. And mm-hmm. so all I can do really is have compassion. And the compassion I have for people that are, are not in my vibration has gotten so much greater because there's nothing to judge. Mm-hmm. And that's taken a while to get there because it's a, it's a journey, but but I feel like, for example, our current president, I don't see any of his actions. I feel his wounds. Mm-hmm. Like I, I not like internally, but I sense the wounds that are within him. And I just, I, I have compassion for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he has a mission like every yeah. other, every other president that's been in that role. And I think that's what there, there's a respect of the office mm-hmm. that is the president of the United States, regardless of what you agree or don't agree or whatever. And yeah, so I'm with you. Like I see the wounding. I see, I see both sides of his energy where he's wounded and, and where he's been the wounder. And I also see what his mission is in that space and what, what needs to happen. And so to me, I think he's there to complete a mission mm-hmm. and we just have to hold space that that mission is for the highest and best good of all sentient beings and let all this polarizing information go. Mm -hmm. And that's tough because he is highly polarizing. 
Yes, he is. You're either one side or the other with that. And I think like there is no sides right. and, and it's impossible to even have that conversation, you know, because everyone is, is so polarized mm-hmm. and aggressively so on both sides. And that's where I challenge all of you, like come out of that. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is one point in time in hundreds of thousands of years of the planet and it will come and it will go. But it's also one point in time where things could really shift in a good way or a negative way. So let's support it going in the positive way and let's hold compassionate space and, and see what happens <laughs> is all I can say. I mean... I, I don't, I, and I, I got in trouble for saying this on my interview that I don't vote. And, and I think that upsets some people, but you guys have to understand I'm a trans channel. And in order to stay clear, politics, news, systems, energy like that, I cannot engage in it because I want to stay a clear channel and I inherently know what's right for me and what's not. And it's, it's just not healthy for me to engage in those energies in this lifetime for me. Does it mean I don't care? Does it mean any of those things? Of course not. Of course I care, but it is not my mission to, to be informed by mainstream media in this lifetime. It's just not. And, and I had to really give that some thought because I did talk about it openly and there, there wasn't like a huge backlash really. Actually, everybody was very compassionate, but there was definitely this energy of, well, maybe I should. Should I be voting? Should I be doing this? Should I be watching the news? Should I be informed? And then I really sat with that. And my team was so great because the collective said, you are, you must stay a clear channel. Like it is not for you to engage in. Like you're here for a mission and your mission is not about that. There are people that that is their mission. Right. Their mission is to engage in that and is to shift that to the light. It's just not my mission. My mission is different. And part of my mission and, and part of what we're creating with the new media is it's about creating conscious content. My mission is to create a space where we can connect in to the light instead of having to choose between one network or another. There's like this whole other network and it's not just me. It's you. It's Magenta. It's Laura Eisenhower. It's all of these incredible light workers and teachers and healers. There's, there's some in the Buddhist biohacker community that are going off and creating their own channels. And that's what's meant to happen. Everyone is meant to infiltrate the system with light. And that's what we're doing. And that's what's important. And so my mission doesn't involve giving news in that way. My mission or understanding the news. My mission is to share resources for awakening and to give information from the collective team about how to manage through the awakening and to create things like the documentary about awakenings because that is my focus and my mission. And, and our current president, he has a focus and a mission, right or wrong, good or bad. I'm not here to judge that, but I'm going to tell you guys, he's here for a mission and he is here to complete a task. And it may not be the task you want him to complete. But that is, in fact, what he is here to do. And we have to, we have to hold space for that. We also have to look at, this is the biggest mirror we've ever had in the United States. This is the opportunity to look at your shadow. So are you going to accept his invitation? Because he's inviting you to look at your own aggression, your own anger, your own destruction within his anger, destruction, and whatever else. But there's a dismantling that must happen. And that is what is happening. And none of us are going to like how, how it's going to feel, but we have to do it. 
Oh, you gave me chills with that. <laughs> it's not me. You know, it's not I, me. I know, I know, but I know. I, know. Talking. I got chills. I got chills from what you said that was coming through you. <laughs> mm. So I'm being mindful of the fact that we could talk for hours. Yes. So I'm going to ask the one question that I'm allowed to ask you, which is how do people find you? Oh, I love that. You know what? The best place to find me, my website is lisamgunshore.com. And everything you could possibly need is in there. In fact, there's so much content on my website. I can't even believe it. So all of my books that I have written are on that site. My blog is on that site, which is chock full of resources for your health and also through, to, through this time. I have a lot of information about how to manage quarantine. My movie is on there, Awakened Grace. Buddhist Biohacker is on there. We have created a guide to conscious content. So I highly encourage you to go to lisamgunshore.com, click on Buddhist Biohacker and click on our full schedule because just like you're saying, it's hard to keep up with the content. Well, we've created a schedule. It's not even me. It's my beautiful niece who did it. But when you go on there, you can actually see what's coming up this week live. So it's worth it because now you know what to watch live and what to connect in with. It's your new TV, TV guide. And my trans-channeling site, which is Ajanta Kasha, is also linked through on there as well. We, I do global meditations every month. I have a private group that you can become a member of where I share transmissions. And we have what's called the Seeker Circle on Thursday night. So everything's housed on Lisa M. Gunshore. And then, of course, Buddhist Biohacker is my channel on YouTube. And Buddhist Biohacker is my handle for Instagram as well. And then MeWe, also Buddhist Biohacker. So everywhere you go for Buddhist Biohacker, go to those places. MeWe is our private discussion forum for people who join the group. And then Instagram, of course, I'm posting everything about everything on there at, at Buddhist Biohacker and the YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't already and go to our community page to see what's coming up what we have going on. I'll be posting some really, some new things. I'm going to be doing some new things. I'm going to be doing some meditation recordings for the channel. I'm going to be posting some more information from the collective team. I do a lot in the private group. I do a, a monthly flow that's part for members of Ajatakasha, which is really affordable. It's like 11 bucks a month or whatever. It's really not uh, you know, a crazy expensive thing, but I am going to be doing some public shares as well. So so yeah, so that's how you find me. And I do, I do soul retrieval. I do soul purpose readings. You can absolutely still get a reading with me. You can soul retrievals all remote and um, you receive a document with information that I pulled from the collective about your energy field. And I practice Ayurveda and yoga too. So that's on there also. It's like all these different things. They all go together, but there's all these different things. Oh, Lisa. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. It's really been a, just a treat. And I look forward to having you on Buddhist Biohacker very soon. Thanks. So I will be, we'll be connecting about that also. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So much love to you and so much love to everybody out there. I mean, truly we're, this is a beautiful time. This is an opportunity and we're all here for it. Mm -hmm. The action item of the week is if you are feeling the resonance of this episode, go to Lisa's website and or subscribe to Buddhist Biohacker on YouTube and dive into some incredible content. That's it for the week. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it.
it's yours and mine close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones you will know trust and let go